Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me today. We're going to be diving into the realm of interruptive text. And what I mean by that is any text that is interrupting the narrative flow. Specifically, we're going to address footnotes and citations like bibliographical references. And these will also, though, be pertinent to conversations around things like sidebars or any other text that interrupts the flow and is usually done in a print format such that it will not interrupt the flow. But because it is relying on visual cues and visual formatting, that we need to look at it in a a different kind of way when we're thinking about an audio-only experience. So let's jump in. When it comes to footnotes or bibliographical citations, there are several ways that these are handled within a written text. They might be included within the narrative flow. For example, you may have a, a quote and then in parentheses, the bibliographical reference or the study or the paper, whatever that is that is being referenced, usually a date that would go with that. And then at the end of the parentheses, the sentence would continue on, or it might be placed at the end of a sentence. But in any case, the placement for some of these can be within the flow of each paragraph. Sometimes these kinds of notes or citations are put at the end of a section or the end of a chapter or part. So they are treated a little bit more like end notes, but they're done sort of as you go through each part of the book. And then there are full-on end notes, which are the notes that have been collected throughout the book and usually they're referenced chapter by chapter, but they're all put in one place at the end of the book. And then the one that we're probably going to spend the most time with in this episode is footnotes. And of course, these are when you have your flow of text and then you've got your footnote number, your eyes drop down to the bottom of the page to see if whatever's in the footnote is something that you uh, want to look at to gain content or, you know, some other maybe contextual information that doesn't fit so well within the flow of the paragraph. And that, of course, is the reason that the author has put that text in a footnote instead of in the narrative flow. So there are several different ways that this information is handled in a written text. And the information that is contained within these different footnotes, if you will, but I'm really referencing any interruptive text like footnotes, is what kind of content is included. We're especially going to be addressing when there is content that is of value to the listener or the reader at the moment, which is 
often why a footnote is treated as a footnote rather than an end note. If it's all just bibliographical information, most people don't feel the need to reference that in the moment. You may, of course, have an exception where you've got a very scholarly person who is diving deep into the material and wants to know exactly which authors or which studies or which time frame, even, that you're referencing as a context for whatever point you're making. But for the most part, most listeners of audiobooks are not going to be really interested in the bibliographical information or citations in the context of the audiobook. So primarily here, we're going to address the moments when the content in a footnote makes a difference, when it matters. And when I say that, I mean when it matters to the listener so that they may be getting additional important context or information that may color the way that they understand the main narrative text. And then from this point, working with material where the content matters, there are two additional avenues of understanding in terms of what needs to be figured out. And the first of those is where to place that extra information. And the second is how to place that information. I'm going to use sidebars as an example here for the where placement, because they're a little easier to picture and to, I think, mentally grasp. With a sidebar, in the visual printed text, you're going to see it off to the side, obviously. That's why it's called the sidebar. But when we choose to let our eyes go to that place is up to us as readers, right? The placement in the layout of the print book is important. And so when somebody is doing that print layout, they're going to be factoring in when the reader needs to know that that information is there and wants to access that information. There are books, of course, that are where they don't pay enough attention to that. And then you have a situation where you have a sidebar that is maybe misplaced. It's, it's put in a place where the reader may come to it later than is helpful to them. And that can be a little bit annoying, but we're going to assume that we've got a good placement in the print text for now and think about how that works in the audio context. Coming back to where do we place that? Where do we decide that it goes? Well, many times it's, it's all going to depend on two things, mainly the content within the sidebar itself. And the second is the flow of the text, the main narrative text, and where, uh, and the decision really is where is that ideal place to put this additional information. Oftentimes, with a sidebar, if there is a, a subheading and it's within the context of that subheading, then you would want that sidebar visually placed there, and it would make sense for it to be also placed there within the audiobook. Now, sometimes the best placement 
is at the end and treating it as if it's another subheading. That is often the case. And that's a kind of a good starting place if you're trying to figure out where to put your sidebars in the flow of the audio. However, there are times when the author is making a point within the subheading, and really the placement of that sidebar is going to be better within somewhere in the middle of the subheading or subsection, I should say. What you want to keep in mind is from the listener's perspective, you don't want them to get lost, right? As you're thinking through where is the best place to put this sidebar, then you'll want to be thinking what's going to be the clearest for the listener in terms of that flow of the story. We're going to have the same situation with each footnote or endnote. I'm just going to call them all footnotes at this point, because really what we're talking about now are any footnotes where the content of the footnote may matter to the listener in terms of their listener experience. And before we dive fully into the rabbit hole of how to place those footnotes into your audiobook, I want to address the question of, do we have to do all or none? Is it a situation where that kind of consistency is going to be really important? Or, on the other hand, do we want to be selective about the footnotes that are going to be included with the idea that the listener's experience of the flow of the story or the text is going to be much better if it is interrupted less often? I'll address that question right after our short pause And we'll also get into the hows of how to insert meaningful, important footnotes in your audiobook. Let's take a short pause. We'll be right back. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70%, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out, or at least shrink, the middleman. Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. Pro Audio Voices hears you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% royalties of the price you set that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com in the marketing menu. Okay, so first of all, I want to answer that question about do you have to do all the footnotes or can you get away with just doing some? And I would say as as a general rule, that you can get away with just doing some. The exception would be if, let's say, you have 50 footnotes and only one of them you feel like, "Ah, I don't really need to include that, then you may want to include it just for consistency. But I think you'll really, in general, want to only include what's really important to include. And this is, of course, very subjective. 
Uh, you may, if you are the author and you have these footnotes and you think it's all important, that's why I put it in there in the first place, you may want to actually get some outside opinions about what may be most important or really valuable to a listener. So, and also to start off, when you're going to include footnotes or or not, you know, either way, I think it is really helpful to let your listeners know, especially if you think that your audience, your target audience is primarily more academic, uh, researching kind of audience that is going to really value this kind of information, then you'll want to let them know at the beginning of your audiobook and probably again at the end of your audiobook that whatever information you have chosen to omit from the audio is available to them and let them know where. So it may be that you're choosing to put that on your website. I highly recommend that because anytime that we can draw people to our websites, it gives them a way to continue to engage with us to learn more about what we have to offer, and that is great for everyone involved. An alternative would be to let them know that the information is available in the ebook edition or the ebook and print editions, so that you're then kind of driving them to purchase a different format of your audiobook, and that's okay. So it really depends largely on your goals and what you think your listeners may most appreciate. One thing I will say is that uh, having somebody purchase an, one format of your book and then say, oh, well, you don't get this information free or as part of your purchase, but you have to buy one of the other formats of my book in order to get that information feels a little, to me, feels a little bit not very nice. For multiple reasons, I encourage authors to direct their listeners to their websites for any information that they are going to omit from the audiobook. Okay, now, once you have determined what information you definitely need to include, and I just want to highlight one last little thing, and that is that if you have a footnote where you really only need to include part of it, that's cool too. It's okay to trim it down. Because remember that any time that you're going to interrupt your narrative flow, the story flow, that it's not optimal. So you're going to be looking at where to place the information. You're going to be trying to minimize how many interruptions there are. But if you are going to do footnotes, then you really want to hone in on what is that critical, most important information so you can minimize the number of interruptions. Okay, let's talk about the how. There are many different ways that you can handle a footnote in the context of an audiobook. One of the most obvious is when you get to the footnote, you stop and you say footnote, or you say note one, or footnote one. You can choose what the words are going to be. If the numbers are important because either you're going to be omitting some and you want your listeners to realize that that's the case, or perhaps you're going to have information on your website that references the footnote number, in which case you're giving them a reference point. So those are some reasons to 
as you're choosing which words to use, some reasons why you might choose one set of words over another. And then if you're doing that, the footnote or note, then you would, at the end of the footnote, you would want to say end footnote. You're making it very clear with words exactly where the footnote starts and where it ends. This, however, is not the only way to handle the situation. Another way is to use a kind of aural punctuation. This would be an approach where, and even if you do use the words, I would also highly recommend that you use one of these other techniques. So aural punctuation, as I describe it, is sort of like the way that you change your voice. So if I'm telling you that these are the instructions and that's the way it is, and then I change my voice a little bit so that it sounds like it's something slightly different than the regular text. And then I go back to the regular text. You see, there's a little bit of a difference. And so I'm trying to set off. It's like a, like a parenthetical kind of voice, right? It's, it's taking that note and it's setting it off vocally. Another way to handle it is actually in post-production rather than during the recording itself. In post-production, you can do a number of things. You can modify the pitch or the volume. You can add a vocal effect and easy to understand that people would easily recognize would be like reverb. Although, you know, I'm not recommending you use reverb for this kind of approach or for a footnote kind of thing. But there are effects that can change the way it sounds and can be done in post-production. So that would be another approach. You could also use some kind of sound effect. Uh, some, some, and I would use something very simple and subtle, not something that's going to be like a bell that's going to have a long delay, decay. And, you, you know, that would just be more interruptive than the footnote itself. But you could do something that is a very soft, subtle sound that is setting off the footnotes. And then, of course, in the beginning, when you make a note about footnotes to your listener, you'll want to let them know what that sound means and that this is how you've treated the footnotes so that they can gather the information that is available to them. And that pretty much wraps it up. So again, we're talking about interruptive text in the context of the flow of a narrative. You'll want to be looking at being very selective as to what is included. You'll want to look at the placement so that you're interrupting the flow of the text as little as you can get away with. And always, always, always considering your listener's experience and trying to make that the very best that it can be. I hope that this has been helpful to you. If there are other elements of pre-production or production that you have questions about, please do reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com. We're here to support you and help authors to succeed in the audiobook world. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. 
Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.